0: Good morning, church. Good morning, City Life. Good morning to all of you, City Lifers and visitors. Grateful that you're here. Grateful that we can come here, have this online space, and um, worship. Worship Jesus. If we are in person or if we are at home, we are going to be worshiping Jesus in everything that our church does. Uh, And so we're grateful that you've joined us here. Uh, if, If you're choosing to be at home, we make room. There's room at the table. Uh, and so, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Pedro Reese, and I am the lead pastor here at City Life. And um, take us up on our offer to connect with us. Go to the notes section below. We, we're having online, we're having in person service right now, so we can't be as present here as we would love to be. Uh, but we do have some moderators in the chat. Uh, hit us up, hit that I'm new button. We want to connect. I want to get a cup of coffee with you or, ha- or get a meal with you. Um, That's what we're passionate about, exploring Jesus together here in Jersey City. And so take us up on that. Uh, And today is a special Sunday for us because we are doing a couple of things. Like We are pressed for time. I say that most weeks, but today we're more pressed for time than usual. Uh, Because this is what we're doing. We are first starting off with introducing our themes, our teaching themes for this year. And then we are going to introduce a quick sermon to introduce our first sermon series of the year. And so let's start with our themes. But we can't dive into this year's themes without, for one last time, and honestly, one last time, addressing what we did last year. Last year, we had this goal in mind, right? We prayed, we sought after, like, Lord, what do you want us to cover in 2021? What do you want us to have down more solidly on december 31st 2021 than we did the first day of the year and we prayed and we came back with this and we focused on three things we focus on like okay we believe god wants us to strip it down to the foundation and say at the end of the year that we know our identity in christ that was theme one identity that we would be a people who know who we are in christ who know that we are completely new, completely changed, completely Christ when we say yes to Him as our Lord. And so like though one year will never fully answer anything, anything of real importance, right? We dedicated one year to be like, okay, we need to leave this year with a firm understanding. We need to have some deep questions answered about who we are, about our very identities. And then our second theme was that we would mature in our walk and relationship with Jesus. Right? Mature. Like actually develop, actually understand more, actually live differently at the end of the year than we did at any other point in our lives because we are maturing in our understanding of Jesus and then how we walk it out. Like we will never be perfect. And I hope that I'm somewhere totally different next year or 10 years, 30 years down the line than I am right now. But the focus is, okay, with one step in front of the other. And then our last one was that we would be more emotionally healthy, like aware that we are of what we carry emotionally, because all people have emotional scars. And we can only be as mature in our faith and in our walk with Jesus as we are emotionally healthy. And so, like, Lord, please, like, give us that focus. Be generous to us in here. Heal us of some of the things that we carry. Like, that will be an ongoing process your entire life with deeper and deeper levels. But, like, Lord, make us a healthier emotional people. And for a year, like, again, like, I, I'm a growing pastor. I'm a growing preacher. Like, one year, even with the best preacher, we, can't, we will never answer all of these questions all the way that they need to be. But, like, I pray that we are a more formed people now under these themes than we were when the year started. And so because of all this, because we now know who we are in Jesus, because now we are maturing and want to mature, now because we are, I pray, more aware of our emotional health, like we launch into our 2022 themes. And we're like, Lord, where do you want to take us? Because this year is a response to last year. If last year was like, Lord, help us to know who we are, this year is like, then Lord, help us to walk this out in a real and authentic meaningful way like help us to solidify what we may have here and bring it down to here by how we do all of this living thing with you right like how do we take knowledge and put it in deep places in our soul and so we have three new themes for the year and this year unlike last year the one the first one feeds into the second one feeds into the third one and they're this. These are our themes. Invitation, disciple-making, and then lastly, it's deeper life. Invitation is a word that I've had in my heart for this church for years, like even before I was a lead pastor. I'm like, how do we become this invitational people? Like, one of the things that City Life is, I think, I actually think we're remarkably good at is our community. Like, we love, we genuinely love one another. We genuinely protect the community in our church. Like, we're jealous for being a communal people. But that doesn't always mean we're an invitational people. Like, how do we invite people into our vulnerabilities, into our lives? How do we, like, honestly say to someone, come and walk with me? Come be in like my most intimate places. And not to everyone, but to the right people. Like come. Let me invite you into my life. Like walk alongside me. See where I struggle. See where like I act, like I feel like I have a couple things put together. See Christ in my life. Like if you see him and how I pursue him. Like come meet him because I am following him. And like, how do we do this for one another, fellow Christians? Like, like, let's sharpen one another. Let's walk along, whether you're above, like ahead of me or with me or below me. Like, come, like let's walk together. But then also, how do we do this with non-believers? Like, how do we grow our church, not through a great website or a great strategy or through lights or fog machines, but like, how do we grow it? Because in every aspect of our church, we're inviting people and making room for them at the table. In, so I've been a part of City Life. My first year of City Life, I didn't work here at all. I was just another person here. And then for two years, I worked under our previous pastor. And then now for two years, I've been lead pastor here. And in my time here, and this is not to blame anyone, but in my time here, one person has come to saving faith in Jesus. One. And I find that to be utterly unacceptable. How do we be this invitational people? Come. We've made room for you. There's room at Christ's table. Come. Come share Jesus' meal. We'll have a whole year to break this down. I want to do it all right now, but we can't. Our second theme is disciple making. All right, like as we learn to be invitational, then the next step is discipling people. Like the one thing that Jesus explicitly tells us to do, the one thing that he left us here when he left, was to make disciples. Right in Matthew 18, I'm sorry, Matthew 28 18 and 20. Like this is Jesus' last words to his disciples before he left in this gospel. And he says, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. Uh, Go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. And of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Like disciple making. And there's a a lot to this, right? What is this? Well, like, how do we make a disciple? What is discipleship? Like, how do we really answer this question and do it? But then also, like, us as people, like, man, like, if I, every single one of us, no matter how quiet or timid you are, no matter how much you say to yourself, that's not for me, every single one of us are here to make disciples. And then we say, like, okay, if I'm not in a place to disciple someone, which is always less scary than we would imagine... But if I'm not in a place, then I need to be discipled. Let's create that space. And then for all of us to realize that people who don't know Christ don't know anything of what you know, so you can always like disciple an unbeliever. Like, oh, how do we make room for people who don't know Christ to come here, find him, and then grow? Disciple-making. That's what the church is called to do. And then the last thing, our last theme for the year is this term that is really central to the CMA DNA, like our denomination, the Christian and Missionary Alliance. We don't own this, but it has been a part of our vocabulary since our founder in, like, what, 130-something years ago. And it's deeper life. And deeper life means a lot, but it very specifically means at least three things. It means that we are growing in depth and height and breadth with the lord breath The can't pronounce it always b-r-e-a-d-t-h breath uh depth like that we would be growing this deeper life of depth of this consecrated life where we are able to like genuinely say i am dying to self like where we get to this place where like, Jesus, the John the Baptist prayer, less of me, more of you, and have that be a totally healthy and a totally good thing and not an oppressive thing. Like let's grow in our depth of like saying, Jesus, it's all about you. It's all about your kingdom. It's not about me and that be a good thing and not a hurtful thing. And then it also comes with height, right? because our lives come with resurrection power that we experience supernatural things all the time on our way to the bus on our way to the path train on in a corporate meeting in a budget meeting like that we would be always so ready and prepared like lord if you want to do something miraculous let's see it get done like lord you have things to do in the city. You have ways of getting people's attention through your Holy Spirit power. And so we are here for it. Teach us, Lord. Grow us to understand what this means so that we can see you in action and not just hear stories of other parts in the world, but like, let's experience it here and now. And then lastly, it's breath. That, That we have this overflowing life full of love and sacrifice and service for other people. Right? Ab Simpson, our founder, he wrote this: "As we launch out into the deep, rescuing others from the pits and bondage of their lives, lifting them up to higher to a higher life of freedom, healing, hope, victory, and restoration in Christ." Like that, all of us would be exploring, experiencing this healing and this hope and freedom from bondage and victory and restoration in Christ. Let's go after it. Let's pursue this deeper life that God has been doing. Like traditionally, we say that the CMA is this missions movement, but it's not a missions movement. It's a deeper life movement. And we pursue that through missions all the time. But, like, Lord, let's experience this now. And surrounding all of these three things, like last year, we said, Who are we? And this year, like, okay, we know who we are. Let's do some stuff for Him. Like let's grow let's bring this from here to here by going out and being active and we know the pandemic is still happening we will be wise throughout this whole time but like okay like lord we already have people all over our lives how do we pursue this whether it's on a zoom a phone call in person like lord you know know what you're doing and so like lord we have this big emphasis on outreach for this year we want to grow a vibrant outreach in our church that like, it's sustainable. And it isn't just me and Ryan say, come, hey, do this, or come do this. Like, no, like, let's put our faith into action and do for the Lord, not earning our salvation, but as a response of God's generosity towards us. And so we're going to spend this whole year pursuing these things. And we're going to see, like, the extent of how much we can accomplish in this. Because Jesus, we want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus, and I want to live him out in every part of my life. And so, church, like we're going to be teaching these. These are our teaching themes for the year, and I pray that at the end of this year, we are, we know, who we are, and we're working out all of these things that are accessible to us. And so, Lord, make us an invitational people. Like, let us bring people into your body. Let's invite one another into our lives, and let's invite non-believers into your family. Like, God, grant us the grace to see that happen this year. Like, genuine faith for the first time. And then help us to be this disciple-making people. Because we don't want to just bring people in and then let them floating. Like, like really help us in our MCs, in our relationships, and in, in our organic gatherings. Like, let's just bring one another closer to Christ and maturity. And then lastly, it's this deeper life. Like, Lord, help us to pursue real living for you that touches our, every part of our souls so that we can serve one another. And so we're going to be pursuing these, But for the sake of time, like, we have to go on. And because of our themes, we, today we get the opportunity to preach, start our very first, this is going to be like the short, I'm looking at the clock here, the shortest sermon I've ever preached. But we need to set the table for our first sermon series of the year. So let's transition to talking about a generous table. And so today we begin our first series of 2022. And I am so excited for this. But first, let me talk about one of the things that I find very peculiar about our church and that I secretly love. Like I secretly really enjoy the fact that we have so many January birthdays. Like we a year like years ago we mapped out our church and it was like we had so many January birthdays and it's still held up today like so many I'm not even gonna try and mention all of them because I will forget someone and I will hurt somebody um, but like we have a lot of January birthdays and to me that's just like to me that's like a Malcolm Gladwell thing right that's like oh that's peculiar that's like what why is the cause of that. Um, But I just love it. And I think I secretly also really love this because my birthday is in January. My birthday is coming up. And I love birthdays. Like, birthdays to me, I think, like, the Sunday school answer is that I have to love Christmas and Easter more than birthdays, right? But I love birthdays. And not just my own. I love celebrating other people's birthdays because having another year is, like, so, it's privilege. I see so much beauty in that. Like, I've, uh, turning 30 was difficult for me when I turned 30, but, like, I love birthdays, and I love celebrating. It's a privilege to grow old. It's a privilege to have one more year. It's well, Think about the alternative, right, if you don't have a birthday, but it's like such an honor to live with the people that are in our lives, and I'm like, I can't wait for what's to come, and I'm always looking forward, and I'm like, man, birthdays are awesome because I don't even know what's going to happen at my next birthday, but I do know one thing, because every year... I get the same birthday meal. Every year I ask my mom to make the same meal, and my mouth is watering right now as I'm talking about it, and it's been watering in my prep for today. Like every year I ask my mom to make me Brazilian oxtail, and then rice, and polenta. And then, oh gosh, like it is so delicious. If you've never had Brazilian oxtail, you need to. It is so, maybe you can come to my birthday meal one of these years. But it is so absolutely delicious, and then to top it off at the end, every year the same thing—a Carvel ice cream cake. Like side note, Anne and I, our wedding cake was a well-decorated Carvel ice cream cake. If you give me any other car, uh, ice cream cake, I will throw it where it belongs in the trash because it just does not compare. But I, like every year, it's the same thing. There's like no, there's no traditional part of me. Like I'm all, I love change, and I love doing new things, and I love trying new things. But every year for my birthday, it's the same thing. And I, like, for a long time, always looked looked forward to the meal. But the older I get, I still see the beauty and the magic in the meal. But it's changed. To me, the magic is not the meal, but it's the table. Like, I, I look at the table that I'm surrounded by, on my birthday every year. And I look at my mom, and I look at my dad. I look at my wife, who I love, and I look at my two kids. I see my sister, and my brother-in-law, and my nephew. And I see my brother, and my sister-in-law, and my two nieces. And that's where the magic is. I love going to the table because that's where I belong, right? That's like a part of me in each one of those people. I love going to that table. And so like, that's where we begin today. We're talking about the table. And so like, I, if you know me, if you've been around me, I'm not a poet. I'm not Theo. I'm not a romantic. I can't like wax poetic about the beauties of everyday living. But let's look at the table really quick. Like let's look at how the table is one of the most universal things in all the world, right? Though the physical table will look different depending on where you are in the world. The table is in every culture. It's in every context. It's in every people like the table is a human thing. Sharing a meal around the table is one of the most human things we can do. Like the table is where vulnerability meets comfortability. The table is where you get to know others. The table is where you are known yourself and where you know other people deeper. Like the table is where we somehow like find this beautiful intersection of meeting our most basic primal needs and also meeting some of our deepest emotional longings of security, of belonging, of experiencing loved, of being loved. Like the table is magical. I even like had been thinking like, man, like, we're not going to let go of our MCs now, but like, man, we miss the table. The table had so much meaning in our MC gatherings. To be able to be together and look at one another, man, like, <laughs> the table is magical. At the table, the table is this great leveler. Like, all are equal at the table, all are seen and heard at the table equally. And God, like God knows this so much because he, throughout the telling of his story, brought people to meals all the time. Like all the time, people got, God brought people to the table. Like I think just to feel like uh, Israel, when they were wandering the desert, before they were even a, like a nation, every day God gave them food miraculously. He fed them every day. I think of, like, Elijah. Twice, God miraculously fed him. One time when he was in hiding, God told him to go out and hide for a time. God ordained ravens to bring him food, meat, every day. And then later on, when, like, he was done, when Elijah was done, he was quitting ministry and he was, like, asking God to kill him. God sent his special angel, his special messenger, and twice baked him cake, filled a cup, and let him sleep. Like, God feeds people all the time. And like, he doesn't stop talking about it. In Psalms 145, verses 15 and 16, he says this. He says, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. God is the one who feeds all of us. In every way, not just physical. And then Jesus comes along, and in the person of Jesus, God meets people at the table. Like God, this famous, popular, busy Messiah, makes who also was the Savior of all the world and the creator of all things, makes time to meet people at the table. And so today we start our series, our first series to teach on our themes. And it's called The Open Table. A phrase that we use here at City Life in our MCs, The open table where people are welcome to come and be. And be known. Be known. And so our first sermon series is going to look at Luke. Two things for us to know at Luke as we introduce it here today. Thing number one, that Luke is characterized as the gospel who, who pays special concern for the broken, the disenfranchised, the hurting, the lost. And that's important because Luke is also a book where more than any of the other gospels, Jesus meets these people by bringing them to the table. And so Luke is like, one of the ways to read Luke is that it's like this story of these meals that the creator of the universe has with different people. And so in our Open Table series, we're going to be looking at these. We're going to be looking at how Jesus met with all the wrong people. Right? He met with the Pharisees, he met with prostitutes, he met with sinners and tax collectors, he met with strangers, he met with his disciples, he went to Zacchaeus's house, he went to Levi's house, he went to Simon's house, and every time the kingdom came in that meal, and then we're going to look at like, okay, what was said, what was spoken, what happened, and also importantly, who left fed, who left satisfied, and who rejected what Jesus was serving. Ryan Dominguez, Ryan, our our pastor, creative pastor, he read me this quote this week that I fell in love with. It's from D.T. Niles, a pastor, and he said, evangelism is just one beggar telling another where to find bread. I'll read that again. Evangelism is just one beggar telling another where to find bread. And so I pray, like, my deepest, most sincere prayer over this sermon series is that we are, like, Realize that we are these people who are like, man, like, I found the bread of life. I found the one who feeds me. And I need, like, I need to invite people into that meal. Like, I need to go to his table and say, like, Lord, yeah, I say yes to what you are offering me. I say yes to your meal. And Lord, let me bring others to this meal as well. Like, I pray that this sermon series, we say yes to God's meal, and then we welcome other people for the rest of our lives to share the meal that we've received. And so we need to set the table for today. Let me pray really quick, and then we're going to read from God's word, and we're going to just set the table. We do not have enough time for a whole sermon, but like any good meal, right, if you're talking about the table, the table always needs to be set, and let's set it up a little bit today. And so let's pray. Pray with me, please. And so, Lord, um, thank you for this day. Thank you for being in the life of this church. Lord, I, I pray that um, you shape us and mold us and that we like, be an honest people after your heart, seeking your kingdom. Uh, help us today to go to your table and say, oh, Lord, like, I, I want what you're serving. I want to be satisfied but by what, by what you are serving. And so, Lord, um, I pray blessing over all of us today. Oh, Holy Spirit, you're invited to be here. The, the reading of your word, the preaching of your word, like start something in our souls. Give us this expectation that you will do something. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so let us read. Today is going to be the only day in the series where we're not looking at a meal, but we're looking at a time when Jesus talks about food. And so we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 31. And God's word says this. And he said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider a raven, the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn. Yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Let's start off by talking about the Ravens. Today we're setting the table, right? We have to do this really quickly because I don't want us to be here forever. Because I know you don't want to be here forever. But today we, like, we need to start setting this table. And first I want to say, before I say anything else, that like, every table that God ever sets is this act of generosity. Like Scripture even talks all creation is this act of generosity for us for us to be able to see how beautiful he is, how good he is, how smart and big and vast he is. Like the universe shows us how wonderful he is, how like, much bigger he is than we are. And then when he comes here and he sets a table and he feeds people, it's like for us, everything he does is this act of generosity towards us. He starts to talk here about the ravens. He's like, therefore, don't worry. Don't be anxious about your life, right? Don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to put on your body. He's like, don't do these things. Look at the ravens. The ravens, they don't work for what they eat. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't have storehouses. They don't have barns, right? They're not storing all of this up somewhere. But yet, God feeds them. And how how much more value do you have Than these birds. He's like, don't be, like, being anxious won't add a single hour to your life. It, like, for those of us who have been so deceived that, like, being anxious gives us something good, or it's like, oh, but then it allows me to think through things that I normally was like, no, no, no. Like, anxiety serves no good purpose, it adds nothing to your life. Healthy anxiety is different, but, like, he's like, it doesn't add anything. And if you can't add to your life, then like throw it away. God feeds the ravens. He takes care of the birds. And he even talks about the lilies. Verses 27 and 28, he's like, consider the lilies and how they grow. They pop up here. They pop up there. These like plants in a field, these wild plants. And like, look at how like today they're here. Tomorrow they're powering some oven. They're being destroyed, right? But I tell you that not even Solomon, the richest The wisest leader that Israel ever had, not even he could afford to look as beautiful as one of these lilies. And if God clothes the the lilies, how much more will he clothe you? Like if you have so much more value to God, you are so beautiful. Like God is the one who makes you beautiful in the first place. And like, if he takes care of the ravens and the lilies and how much more is he able to feed you Like, how much more is he able to provide for you? How much more can God satisfy you? Like, church, like we, in talking about meals, like we go for significance and meaning. We go for the things of what what a meal brings to us. We go for it in all of the wrong ways. And God's like, okay, don't worry about all of those things. I can feed you. Like, I can give you everything that you long for, everything that you need, physical, spiritual, emotional. Like, I got you, I can care for you. And then he like, in verses 29 to 31, he starts to talk about his meals. Like, and don't seek what you eat or what you drink, nor be worried for all the nations of the world seek after all these things, seek after these things. And your father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom. And these things will be added to you. It's like the whole world, like God knows what we need. God knows what will satisfy us. God knows what he wants us to eat, what is good for us to eat. He knows what is good in our lives. Like he knows that when he turns our plans upside down, it's because he's bringing us something good. It's because we have someone who stands on the other side of eternity who knows how to bring us along. Who knows every longing that you have he knows where we're deficient and where we need to be fed god knows and if he so perfectly cares for the lilies the ravens and is able to feed the whole world then he can take care of you then he can set up a good table for you to meet him at and so like whether you're at your job in a board meeting walking down the street on the bus like God knows what we need. And He feeds us for all of it. And I just like want to stop here on on this first week and I'm like, how many of us are truly satisfied? Like how many of us are truly like look at our the sum of our lives and like, man, like this is so good. Not that you'll love every part of your life ever, but like I'm like truly satisfied. I'm truly content because I'm like seeking the kingdom first. And I'm getting everything that I actually need, not everything that I want, but everything it turns out that I really need. And so today the first thing like that I want us to do in the presence of God's table is to like start thinking about where we carry anxiety. Where are we worrying? Where does fear keep us from God's table? Like where do, are we looking for love and security and significance? and actually like physically to be fed like where are we looking at like creating i create all this for myself lord and where do we need to go to his table to find it where do we need to like bring the right people into our lives to bring to the table and so i like i know that we this is short today but let's conclude this a little bit i want to start us off today and in this first sermon of this sermon series by making a couple of statements, right? We started here because Jesus talks about food here, but like we need to start doing this work to say, like, like, Lord, why don't I go to your table always? And anxiety and fear are often at the heart of why we say no. And so let's like say a couple of things, like, Lord, like in this sermon series, I pray that you end any mindset of scarcity. Any idea that we're like, oh, like, we're not enough, or God's not going to be enough, or like, man, there's not going to be enough for me, so I can't go to his table. Because at God's table, at Jesus' meal, he never runs out. There's always enough for all of us. Let's also, like, throw away this uh, this spirit of poverty, of saying, like, if I if others come, it'll be less for me. Or like, oh Lord, how can you feed us all? Like, there's some competition here for people who come from big families. And like, I always had to fight for my meals because my brothers or my sisters ate it before me. It's like, at Jesus' table, there's always enough. There's no poverty found in Jesus' table. And then I also like, I feel like one of the things that I feel most impassioned to do this year is to like look and be honest with where we are of like, look around our church and look at the table, right? If we're saying that we are going to God's table, let's look at our table here as a body. Let's look at what we bring here and not be afraid, not be worried, not be anxious, so that we can actually go to Jesus' table and be honest about what we bring to the table. Like, okay, like, let's in this year commit as a church to say the things that we all know are here but we don't always talk about it, or we're too afraid to talk about it. like if we're saying that there should be no fear and anxiety at Jesus's table then let's just like acknowledge first what we bring to the table like every Sunday I stand in front of all of you and I just know because we are a collection of people I know a few things that are hiding under the surface of our church I don't know who, it's not like I have like some spiritual vision to see who it is. But I know that in our church we have depression. Like we don't have to pretend like we're all these winners all the time. I know there's depression in our church. I know that there is abuse in our church. I know that there's past and there might be current abuse happening physical, emotional, sexual, like it's here. We've brought it, we carry it with us. I know that there's sadness in our church. I know that there's like divorce in our church. I know that there are people who struggle with sexual identity and sexual orientation. And let me just like really clearly say there's room at the table for all of us does not disqualify you from the table. I know because we're a collection of hurting people that there must be suicide, thoughts of suicide, like honest contemplation of suicide. And there's room at the table for you to bring that. I know that there's fear. I know that there's anxiety. And I know very intimately in our church that there is like a massive amount of control issues. And instead of like causing that to run from God's table, let's just say, it's here. We know it's here. We all know these things are here, but we never say it. And we're afraid to open up. And you don't have to right away. Do it in safe places with safe people, with mature Christians who can help you. Well, that's like, God made room for us at his table. We're going to look at his meals that he shared with people some of them, like the Last Supper is one of them. There's room for you at his table. There's more than enough for you at his table. And so as we like learn what it means to be invitational, what it means to really disciple one another, what it means to pursue this deeper living, let's start by going to his table and saying, like, Lord, I want you to feed me this year. I don't want to feed myself. I'm tired of meal prep. I'm tired of going after all these things by myself all the time. There's room at your table for all of us to be who we really are and to find you in it. And so City Light, I wish I could continue. We're we're running pretty late already. Uh, But in our first sermon series, we're going to go to the Lord's table. We're going to see how he interacted with people and how he brought in his kingdom through radical love for all the wrong people. And so I'm very excited. Let me just pray one more time. Pray over the course of this whole year and this week and our sermon series. Um, let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you that like you, the creator of all things, made time for us, made room for us at the table. And then how you left one for us to meet you at. Lord, I would love you. We praise your name. Thank you for... Room for all of us and all the baggage that we bring, all the hurt and pain. Lord, we just, as a church, these next Sunday, commit ourselves to coming to your table. I pray all this in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, church. So we love you all. We're grateful for every single one of you, and um, we'll see each other in our MCs and prayer calls and all the things that we do. Um, reach out, connect with us. And we will pursue this together. Love you all and see you next week.